Hey everyone, a uh, quick point of order. We actually recorded this piece two days before the Gronk trade, so uh, that's why we don't mention it. Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome to the Stone Soup Podcast, created by Cody Sullivan for the River Power Podcast Mill Network. So I'm really excited that you guys brought me here to talk about TB and kind of all the questions that are up in the air right now, because, I mean, let's face it, you know, it's been, his last season was pretty rough, um, you know, didn't really do as well as people were expecting, um, you know, the season before that, you know, 54 catches, 569 yards, six touchdowns, wasn't exactly what people were expecting, but you know, where's Trey Burton going to go? That's what we're really all wondering. Oh, right. And that's, right. that's and I think, why we're here. And thank you, thank you, Cody, for bringing me here <laughs> yep. to talk with you about 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 the, about the man, the myth, the legend, TB, baby. That's yep. right, TB, Trey Burton. Everybody knows that that's what that Everybody knows for. that that's what that stands for. What is Trey Burton's number? Uh, um, oh you got him 80 his number is 80 it was 88 on the eagles and this wikipedia page is proving to be very useful right now tb80 method who hasn't heard of it it's great see here i thought you were gonna make a tuberculosis covid joke Oh, no, 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 no. That's no fun. I'm here to talk about one yeah, thing. That's, that's things easy. related to the Chicago Bears. Everything else is garbage. That's right, John. And that's why you're here. And that's why we love you. This is the Stone Soup Podcast, the show where I drag my friends onto the internet to talk about some of their favorite subjects in the hopes that their knowledge will make for a tasty soup. I am joined this week on Zoom by an incredible panel of pundits. Joining me tonight is Taylor Long, John Grandy, and Jake Soho. Pundits, please say hello. Hello. Hi. Yo. <laughs> I love it. Let's dive right in. Shall we? Yes. Great. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'd like to start off with just a few hot takes. In case you didn't know from the title of this episode, we're actually talking about a different TB here. It's not Trey Burton. It's not tuberculosis. It's Tom Brady. All of my research is for nothing. Yeah, I mean, we had to do a lot of research to learn about this guy because he's kind of obscure. I think we can all agree. Yeah, I but barely know him. <laughs> yes, and, and Jake, you being the resident Pats fan here, uh, you are going to prove invaluable during this whole conversation. Yes. Uh, so, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, here's what I would like to start with today, guys. The Buccaneers haven't had a winning season since 2016, when they Wasn't went nine recent? of seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that. Re- <laughs> that was yeah. Whoops. They haven't had a postseason run since they won the NFC South in 2007. The Patriots, on the other hand, they haven't missed a playoffs since 2008, and you know they've won a. Super Bowl or three in that time span. Eh. So here's my question. Here's my question for you. Assuming that there is football in 2020, fingers crossed, who ends their season with a better record? The Patriots or the Buccaneers? And why? And why? Okay. <laughs> and why? You have to give us the and why. And why. And why. And why. <laughs> and why because it's easy to just say the Patriots because, you know... We're all thinking it, but let's let's think. Let's you let's know. Go further I'm gonna down I'm gonna be honest thought. with you. Um, I hadn't thought about that question until you just said it, and now that I'm thinking about it, um, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. 
I Ooh. I'm going well, I'm going with the Bucks and I'm going with the Bucks because a lot of the a lot of the games that they lost last year uh, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head but I feel like they lost a lot of games by less than seven and a lot of that was a very ill-timed Jameis Winston interception uh, and I know it's shocking I think he's in the 30 for 30 club right now it's the best club uh, to be in what's the 30 for 30 club uh, it's when you throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Oh, that's, a pretty, that's a, an amazing statistic. Okay, but I, but I think I think they they this. lost a lot of their games because of their QB play because he was making some some very silly and uh, mistakes. And I just don't see Tom Brady making those same mistakes. He's gonna he's going to make mistakes. But here's the thing: but it, it's all going to come down to if they can protect him or not. Because here's the thing. Jameis yeah. Winston is going to get eye surgery, or he's getting LASIK in the offseason, and so I think his numbers are going to look a lot better, and we're going to see some of those problems disappearing for Jameis Winston wherever he ends up. Um, you can't I mean, fix what... the fact that he's a shitty person. <laughs> yeah. Right, and what kind of maniac plays in the NFL when they need eye surgery? When you have 300-pound defenders just going to take your head off... Like, Probably someone who would assault women and hide crab links in their pants, but just to guess. Yeah. I knew about the uh, the assault. Uh, I did not know about the crab legs. Uh, can you tell me anything about that? Because that is incredible uh, and terrible He's, all at the same time. He was stealing. He's, he got caught stealing crab legs from a grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how did you miss this? This, was, yeah. this is like the best story. This is when he, he was still in college at this point, too. Oh my god, as a Baltimore fan uh, with an appreciation for crabs, I am enraged. As someone who's enraged intolerant to crabs, I don't really care. No. I mean, I love crab legs, but I would not put them in my pants or whatever no. it was to be doing. That's, that's not where they belong. Maybe he's on to something. Maybe it's fun. We'll have to try it sometime just to make sure. But Taylor, why? He insisted why? that they gave them to him, but I'm like, no, I don't, no, I don't think, I don't think okay. so. We'll get off the rails just for a second. They gave him the crab legs, and then he chose to put them in his pants. Is that yeah. his... Uh, something like that, yeah. So this is why I don't think he's a very good quarterback, because his decision-making <laughs> skills are clearly not there. Unless he needed LASIK surgery and forgot that he was putting them in his pants. He didn't see it, but... He I mean, missed the pocket. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how that happened. Oops. Jeez. Taylor, you said the Patriots. Uh, why? Why do you think the Patriots are going to have a better record than the Bucs? Because, you know, here's the thing. I got two sets of two words for you. Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> and the fact that they still won games with those people like QB. Jimmy G did pretty good, though. Okay, but... You know, okay, look, the Niners didn't make it to the Super Bowl because of Jimmy G. They made it to the Super Bowl because of their defense. I'm not saying Jimmy G yeah. is bad. Whatever, he's fine. Um, but I think this will be interesting because, I don't know, so far they've been able to win, like, even when they don't have Tom Brady. Like, they're a fucking machine, and Bill Belichick is a fucking evil genius, and I've always thought he was an evil genius. And now we really get to test that theory. Like, how good... Is he and his coaching staff and the, like, you know, their draft ability without Tom Brady? And you know what? I'm honestly looking forward to finding out the answer to that question. Because for the longest time, if someone said to me, okay, you can have Tom Brady or Bill Belichick 
for your team and you have to pick one. I would have picked Bill Belichick. Like, and I love Pete Parrott. I love Pete Carroll, but I would would have 100% chosen Belichick because he's, again, an evil genius. And so I am legitimately very interested to see how they do without Brady. I think they'll do well. The schism that's happening between like, you know, Brady and Belichick have just been like peanut butter and jelly for, you know, you know, ever since Tom came into the league. Uh, and now we get to finally have the answer to the question, is Brady the greatest system quarterback of all time? Uh, or is he just the greatest quarterback of all time? Or is he and just in a great system? Yeah, I'm, that's I'm very curious had, to find had, out that answer. They've had so much talent cycle through that team very, very quickly. Like when you think about the roster that they've had, over the last several seasons, like there aren't a lot of other people that stick around. They've had a lot of people shuffle through that team and they've still consistently won. And to me, that points to a good system, not like necessarily hinging on one person or one player. My thing is, I, I mean, I'm just looking at the two teams rosters right now. And I guess the, the big thing is that we don't really know. I mean, have, have the Patriots said that they're sticking with Stidham as the, as the starter, or is that still up in the air? Yeah, he, uh, as far as I know, and, and we can go more in depth in, into it later, from everything I've read, Stidham will not be the starter as of yet, but we also have to remember that it's April, so, you know, anything can happen at that point. There are just so many amazing, just, weapons on the Buccaneers, and seeing them with someone as who has shown capability and decision making like Brady I, utilizing those weapons? I can't. I, I see the Bucks having a better yeah, record the the season than the Patriots. I mean, that's what the draft is for. Yeah, if they, if you can't protect Tom Brady, I mean, teams know how to beat him. He's been in the league for like a hundred years at this point, so teams know how to beat him. And if, if you get him off his his spot, basically just rush right up the middle and get him to move around a little bit then he he has a much more difficult time throwing the ball because he can't move as well. Yeah, as he's he not a mobile he can still, If he can get the ball, you know, I would uh, if they can dink and dunk, you know, five yards down the field here and there, he'll be fine because those are his quick releases. That's his bread and butter. So Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, their tight ends. I forget I forget the oh, – what's his name? Well, they have O.J. Howard right now. But yes. I believe that that might change. I believe that they're shopping him around. Yeah, I saw um, I saw something that said the Patriots might be interested in him, and it's like, oh. Oh, my God, that would have been – that would be hysterical. Like, oh, we can steal from Tom Brady now? Fabulous. I think that that's something Bill Belichick would do. Yo, I live for that of, level of petty. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to who's going to have the, the, the better record at the end of the season, uh, I guess my hot take is going to be the Patriots. And, and the reason why is that defense that hasn't changed that much. And again, it's like what Taylor said. I think that whoever they end up putting under center is going to be fine. I don't think that they will ever necessarily find the heir apparent to what Tom Brady has done. I think what he's done is, is very unique and, and deserves a lot of recognition. I don't know that they'll be able to come in and replace him. As a Baltimore fan, it was like when we lost Ed Reed, like you're not going to get another Ed Reed. You're not going to get another Ray Lewis. These are generational players. But within that system, 
there can be an average quarterback under center and they'll still win games. If they can hold... TB wasn't that great last year. And, like, they shifted to a run game. They actually had a fucking run game, for example. Like, they're adaptable. Yeah, the last time that they won the Super Bowl, their run game was just... It, it, they were running people over, and it was fantastic to watch because I haven't seen the Patriots play that style of football in a very long time. Because they haven't everything... needed a run game, so they yeah, haven't had and, one. But it, it it shows how important it is because when they've won, they've always had a run game. And when they haven't won the Super Bowl, they haven't had a run game. I mean, I'll just throw out the, the Eagles, the when they lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, that game ended with like 80 something com- plus combined points you know they weren't running the ball at all but if you control the ball like they did against the rams the following year you control the clock and you own things and when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks there he can be the ultimate game manager mm-hmm. absolutely when looking at the statistics, while Brady in 2019 posted his lowest completion percentage since 2013, he still threw for over 4,000 yards. He threw just 24 touchdowns, and he was unable to upset the dark horse playoff team in the Tennessee Titans this past season. My question is, is Tom Brady slowing down, or does he still have what it takes to carry a team as the game manager on his back to the playoffs? Yes. Yeah, I think he absolutely has the ability to carry his team. Um, but it's, it's going to come down to that one big question, can their O-line protect him? But at the same time, he has the shortest release time, so he's going to get the ball out. So can the Buccaneers change their offense so they're getting him, that he's getting rid of the ball to these receivers three to five yards down the field rather than taking the big shots because he's not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to protect him for however long it takes for Mike Evans or Chris Godwin to run 40 yards down the field. And honestly, I don't think he's even going to be able to throw it that far down the field. He's going to, he's going to noodle arm. And I've been waiting so long to say that. <laughs> as, as, a, as a Pats fan, how does it feel to now be able to talk about the noodle arm? Because the noodle arm is real. Oh, it's I feel like... definitely real. Um, you know, it's, I've, I've always been, I mean, I think you guys know me well enough to know I've been, I'm critical of him and in, in the things that he does. I certainly am not going to hold back even when he was on the Pats, but now it's, it's what uh, we were talking about earlier. You know, it's going to be interesting seeing the Brady versus Belichick. Who's going to, who, who carried who? Taylor, is Tom Brady slowing down or do you think he still has what it takes to carry a team into the playoffs? Um, well, I just have to say it was really hard to keep a straight face when uh, Jake was talking about his uh, fast release time. Poor Giselle. Um, (laughs) um, Well, so part of the reason I picked the Pats is because I am skeptical of that. Like, I mean, look, age happens to us all, including me. Um, Luckily, my paycheck isn't contingent upon it. But um, that's not to say he doesn't still have talent, but I think, I do think he's slowing down. And I think, again, so much of it is going to come down to O-line. And... If you don't have a strong O-line to guard him, you're host. And, you know, and I, I mean, I personally don't know enough about Tampa Bay's O-line or remember enough. Like, the um, Jake, you were talking about them having a lot of close games, and they did play a really close game against the Seahawks 
and that was one that was one of the O time the OT ones that, that the Hawks had last year. Um and I and I yeah, I think Winston threw several interceptions. But here's the thing is that like if Brady doesn't get well protected, he's going to be in the same boat. Um and so again, that's part of why I picked the Pats is because I do think he's slowing down like and so much is going to yeah, I just think so much is going to depend on whether or not they can get him protection to let him do what he needs to do um but he's he's not who he was and again age happens to us all yeah there's gonna have to be a serious give and take on on tom brady's side and on the buck side they're both gonna have to kind of change how they play and change how things how things work because you know last last year tom didn't have one of his biggest weapons uh, with Gronkowski retiring before the season started, and then they were kind of in a full-on panic mode, trying to find a replacement for that. When you you can't, because he's another one of those generational players that's just so disgusting. I'm throwing up all over the place. Uh, so they're gonna have to be able to kind of work with what they have in Tom Brady, and Tom Brady's gonna have to say, okay, this is what I got, and this is I'm I'm trying to prove myself. And I'm not necessarily going to be coming into this team and immediately being the leader that I was when I was on the Patriots. Obviously, he's going to have that kind of aura about him, but it's not going to be the same as when he was in New England. I think one of the things that is going in Tom's favor for having a better season over New England is that the teams that he is going to be playing against... Um, at least, you know, he's playing against the Falcons and the Panthers twice a year. He's also playing against the Saints. Um, the other teams that came in third in the divisions uh, were the New York Giants uh, with 4-12. and 12. Um, The Los Angeles Rams, who were 9-7. and seven. There's another team from the NFC North. I don't really... My computer's screwed up. I can't see which team came in third, but... Um, oh, so, do tell, do tell. It's weird. My, it's just not... I don't know. It's, I, I think I got hacked. Hey, but, look down at your yeah. shirt for a minute. <laughs> I, it's, I don't know what you mean. I think that a lot of the teams in the uh, NFC South are on a bit of a decline, and I think that the teams in the AFC East are on an upswing, um, and I think that that's going to play into to old, old Tommy's favor um, in that he's going to be able to kind of... Uh, you know, catch catch on a possible upswing for the Bucks, um, and avoid a lot of the challenges that he was going to have to be facing. You know, with the the Bills, and I mean, the Jets. Like, yeah, who knows where they were going to end up? But um, I will say, uh, he got out of the AFC East at the right time because the AFC yeah. East is about to become a very difficult division. I mean, the Bills have shown that they're a very up-and-coming team. I mean, Josh Allen, he may not be the real deal, but he is a hell of a competitor. Uh, the Jets, you know, they could go either way, given any season. But uh, the, the, the Dolphins, I mean, everybody at the beginning of the season said, oh, they're just going to throw this year. And, you know, I think that they ended, out, ha- ended up having a pretty decent season. And... You know, you, you were mentioning the Patriots' defense. Well, some of our big defensive leaders went to Miami. Uh, and I, I, mm-hmm. the biggest one being uh, Kyle Van Noy is now a Miami Dolphin. 
So that that to me says that these teams are they're gunning for the Pats, and I think the Pats are going to be in for a rough season this year with that. You know, yeah, I don't see them being the schoolyard bully anymore. In fact, I see I see these teams taking some real shots, and I could see I could see a team like Buffalo sweeping them this year. Um, I could see the Jets maybe beating them once, probably at home, and then I see Miami beating them at home. Um, in, you know, I see them beating them in Miami, even though they beat them in New England last year. And it, it was one of those games where it's like, oh, we always play Miami down in Miami in December. Why don't they come up to Foxborough in December? And, well, we got them, and they beat us. And that was a pitiful game. Right. And to put a sort of a, a capstone on uh, this question on whether or not uh, Tom Brady is slowing down and has what it takes to carry a team on his back to the playoffs... Um, I'm not really sure he necessarily needs to carry the team anymore. I think that in in the Buccaneers system, uh, you have targets like Mike Evans. You have targets like Cameron Brait. Uh, these guys are great red mm-hmm. zone targets. I mean, they're big. They're physical. Uh, they get touchdowns. I mean, Cameron Brait, say what you want about uh, O.J. Howard, it was actually Cameron Brait who got more touchdowns last year. Uh, and it's because he's a red zone threat. Uh, I think if they can balance a decent running game uh, that can both control the clock a little bit, keep it a more low-scoring affair, and just get Tom into the red zone, that he will have more success in that 20-yard space than he would in the open field starting way back on their 20. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just about getting him to that point. I don't think he needs to carry the Bucks. I just think he has to play much better than Jameis Winston. And to be fair, that's very possible that he will. Uh, he probably won't go 30 for 30, but who knows? He he, he could join the club. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. He didn't throw he didn't throw 30 touchdowns this last year, so you know we'll see. There was some criticism from fans and pundits last year about the lack of weapons New England managed to surround Brady with last season. Losing Gronk, Josh Gordon, and just getting that brief glimpse of Antonio Brown left many fans feeling like the squad could have been more successful if they had more offensive weapons and talent around him. So what does Tampa Bay need to do to help Tom succeed? And we've sort of talked about this a little bit in terms of needing an O-line. So I'm going to I'm gonna touch on the first part of that. I think it's crap that people say that Tom Brady didn't have any weapons because he did. He had weapons, and that's just an excuse for tom being being a reggie you know he was just being a reg and he needed to be an arthur thomas arthur brady is way better than thomas reginald brady um that's an inside joke for mo and i i don't know i hope mo listens to this i could tell i was i was there for that Uh, i remember i remember i remember the (laughs) reginald days but i think i think the biggest thing that the bucks can do to help him be successful is to have running backs coming out of the backfield when when the patriots had james i mean james white has been a, a figurehead in the Patriots offense for however long he's been on the team when they had Dion Lewis um, and just in Rex Burkhead, these guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield are very successful because they can make people miss and they can run by them. It's almost like they do the play that Taylor hates so much, which is the wide receiver screens. But at least with the running back screens, you have three or four offensive linemen out in front of you that can just barrel people over. Um, but you know, you send these deep threats. You send Chris Godwin. You send Mike Evans down the field. You send Cameron Bratton if they have O.J. Howard. You send these guys medium to long, 
that's going to push people out of the box. And then you have some running backs that come out of the backfield. I mean, you're getting five to eight yards right there just with that. The interesting thing about about how it looks like uh, Tampa Bay was running is that that wasn't – I mean, they, there was definitely some some receiving yards from from Jones and from Barber, but all, all of – all but one of their touchdowns, you know, they were all rushing touchdowns for the for the running yeah. backs. So it, it's not really in their current play style for those red zone things. Well, and this is where that that being able to adapt to a new play style is mm-hmm. going to come come in. Uh, I think they have they any listen. These guys don't get to this level without being able to adapt to certain things. If you tell them that they need to adapt to something, then they better they're going to be doing their best to do that. You run into situations like that where you know they tried to you know this past season and I you knew I was going to do it but I was going to bring up the Bears. Uh, they tried to make Tariq Cohen much more of just a a standard you know run it down the middle uh, running back and he 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 can fail at it. It was terrible. Yeah, Tariq Cohen is and also very small. So for he's what, is, how tall? What was he like five eight? Well, not was he is. I think he's like. <laughs> I mean, he, he got tackled really hard a lot. He could have gotten. He could have been made shorter. Uh, Tariq Cohen is a five yeah. six. Like you're not going to have a five six running back going between the tackles. You got to get him out of the backfield catching passes. No, no, and 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 I totally and I totally hear you on that. Uh, Ronald Jones is 5'11", and Peyton Barber is also 5'11". Um, two 5'11 running backs there. Um, but I think it, it is it is definitely challenging when you put... Uh, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, when they're told, yeah, you guys need to move and, and you know, uh, change change your play style for, for this, for the new situation. Um, the, generally... While they have to do that, they run into issues. Yeah, also, and, and when trying to do I, that, I agree with and, that. And I think there's a difference between telling somebody who's five six, "Hey, you have to now run through all these three hundred pound offensive linemen and defensive linemen," uh, and versus saying, "Hey, you have to catch the ball out of the backfield." Both have their difficulties, um, but one is, I think, by far a lot easier to to accomplish than the other. Um, you know, it, it's tough to say, you know, with anybody, I think the only one who has continued success at running through people is Derrick Henry just cause he's an, he's an absolute monster. Yeah. He's as tall as I, he's as tall as I am, but he's actually athletic and just a, a beast. <laughs> so just almost 250 pounds, uh, six foot three, uh, just listen, I am the same weight and height as him. So I'm just, so yeah, I can. I can. I'm going pro. I'm going pro. <laughs> Just Can't thinking wait. about it is making my body fall apart. <laughs> uh, Taylor, do you agree that uh, a pass catching running back is is really what Tampa Bay needs to do, separate from O line, uh, to help Tom succeed? Yeah, I mean, I think any kind of running game is going to help them. Um, but yeah, probably one of the pass catching sort. Um, I was mostly going back to another part of his question thinking that I totally agree with Jake that like the idea that he didn't have weapons is like total bullshit um and again as a fan of a team that like hasn't had a lot of big name wide receivers like you don't need a fucking like star wide receiver I mean sure it's nice to have but like a good quarterback doesn't need 
Antonio Brown. Like, if you have Antonio Brown, great. But, like, you don't need everyone on the team to be that level. Like, you just need someone to catch the damn ball. Um, But, yeah, pass catching running back would be great. Um, I mean, big, big, you know, the TEs, big targets. Um, I think we've we've kind of touched on it all. To me, the biggest question is the O-line. Again, just because I don't. I admittedly don't know enough about the Bucks O-line to know what kind of condition it's in, but I think that's going to be the most important piece. I will say that if there was one thing that the Pats didn't have last year was an O-line. Yeah, it wasn't as good I, as it usually was. There, I believe it was their center. I think it, Andrews, um, he had a blood clot in his lungs, so he missed the regular season with that and I th- he he had been a staple on that offensive line for years. Yeah, having a uh, having a clutch center is huge. Yeah. I would also uh say that a, a position that often goes overlooked in how the league is played now, but I think would really help a team like Tampa Bay uh is fullback. I'm not sure who the fullback is on the Tampa Bay roster. Um I don't know many fullbacks in the league because, frankly, they're extremely underutilized in this uh, past happy sort of league that we're in right now. But you get you get yourself a good fullback who can not just block and essentially operate as as an extra, you know, line of defense to protect the quarterback, but can run the ball and and can be the hammer. Uh, that that is just a huge weapon for an offense that would do things like quick play action passes, quick dink and dunk, like little passes. Uh, having a solid fullback is extremely undervalued, and I think that you see, and not to bring it to the uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, but you get a guy like Patrick Ricard who is a two way player, and of course he's a little bit idiosyncratic. He's about three hundred pounds. He plays DT uh, on defense, uh, but they line him up at fullback, and he is a pass catcher on occasion when he has to be in the red zone. He clears huge like holes in the running game because again, he's essentially a a free running offensive lineman. Having something like that is huge. And I think that if Tampa Bay really wanted to help the backfield, it's going to be more than just a pass catching running back. They need to have somebody with some like weight to throw around to help keep Tom protected. Uh, something that isn't an offensive lineman. The Hawks had a fullback for the first couple of years um, of Russell Wilson's career, and I think it helped a lot. Yeah, who did they have? Was it? Did they have Laron McLean? It was Mike Robb, and then it was Mike Robb, and then it was um, I don't know. They had they had Mike Robb for a while, and then they had someone for a little bit after him, and then I think they got rid of the position. Yeah, so one of the things that another thing that the Pats missed last year was James Devlin, and he, I just looked up his, you know, his not necessarily his stats, but he was he's six three, two hundred fifty five pounds. That's kind of your average, uh, I'd say average fullback, and uh, you know the, he he was certainly missed as well. Uh, just having the knowledge of of how to block because they ran in the I formation so much the year the season before and then to all of a sudden not have that and then or put a linebacker in that position it, it makes it a lot more difficult. The had Coleman who was um, the deaf player. He was the fullback mm. after Mike Robb and he was mm. with the Seahawks um, the year that they won the Super Bowl. Which I and then they had a fullback for um, until the end of his career, which I think was 2015 or the end of his career with the Hawks. Did you guys know that Peyton Barber is no longer on the Buccaneers? I did not know that. 
He is on the Washington Look Redskins. Oh! Yeah, so the the current running backs listed on the Buccaneers are Ronald Jones II, TJ Logan, Dare Ugenbalwe, oh and Aka Cedric Ware. Um, Household names. So, interesting facts to mull over because I thought that Peyton Barber was still going to be there. So it looks like hmm. their running back position is not as strong. So I, just, I just did a search, probably the same thing that you searched, and one of the top stories was should the Bucks make a run at Leonard Fournette? So that might be that might be something that that we see. That would be that would be a very interesting pickup. I have not been entirely sold on Leonard Fournette, but we can talk about that another day. And, and back to the Pats for just a second here. Uh, do the Patriots really go into the season with Brian Hoyer at starting QB, or do they look to find the next heir apparent in the draft, or do they potentially kick the tires on a free agent like Cam Newton? My favorite fan theory, or my favorite QB theory, was the Pats potentially trading for Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I heard I'd heard that, and that would just absolutely blow my mind. What do you have to give up to get Deshaun Watson? That's the question. The house, the house, probably the car, to, the <laughs> and the car, the house and the car. So. Uh, real, real quick, fun Bears fact about Brian Hoyer. Uh, did you know that he is the uh, only Bears quarterback to throw four consecutive games uh, of over 300 yards in uh, straight games? I didn't know that he played for the Bears. <laughs> he did. He played one season on the Bears in nice. 2016. Taylor, who do you think is going to be the QB for uh, New England? Uh, I mean, yeah, probably Hoyer, just because, as Jake said, they just want someone. They want someone they can control which I think is why they won't go after Cam Newton, though I think that would be a really uh, interesting development, but I think they know they can't control him. Um, I think they know that he's not going to do what they want him to do on the field or off, so I think that's why they wouldn't go for him. Um, can't control the Superman. Yeah. Though if I, I mean, if I were them, shit, why the hell not, you know? Um, I, I think he's he's got too many injuries now with with how he's with how he's played earlier in his career where he was like he was running into people who were just as big if not bigger than him and now all of that's starting to catch up oh yeah no i agree but again and i think that like that speaks to the fact that he's not really controllable and they want someone who's controllable they want someone who's gonna fit the mold that they want and cam's not that guy both on the field and off the field like so that's why they wouldn't do it but i think it would I think that would be really fun. But yeah, probably Hoyer because he's malleable. Like, he'll do... He's controllable. He'll do what they want him to. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a QB in the draft. I mean, I kind of feel like if you're them, you've got to because Hoyer's not your guy in the long term. And like, yeah, it, it takes time to find a franchise QB. Everyone knows that. But like, that's exactly why you have to start. Like you, you have to look for a franchise QB while you still have a franchise QB. And so they, you know, they should be, they should be taking one, if not several in the draft, if I were them, like not necessarily high. I mean, you know, they took Tom Brady and whatever it was, the fifth. Um, but yeah, if I'm them, I'm, you know, making, I'm diversifying my options and, um, keeping, um, keeping them quite open. I was listening to uh, some some other sports heads talking about this, and the 
the thing the theory that I like the most about this about the quarterback situation that's going on right now, roll with what you got. Don't pick up anybody. Roll with what you got because there's this kid coming out of Clemson next year that's looking pretty good. Um, so you roll with what you got this year. You roll with Hoyer. You roll with Stidham, and whatever happens, happens. They're certainly not going to throw the season. That's not going to happen. But they're going to go with what they got, and they're going to go. What's his name? Trevor Lawrence. Thank you, Trevor Lawrence. Who, who, you know? Oh, yeah, I watched brought, him play. He, he's, he's won two national championships with Clemson, back to back. So obviously, college football is a lot different than than the NFL. But it's still like you don't get to that level without being successful. And I think I think that's where the Pats are looking is they're looking not for next year, but they're looking for the year after. Yeah, well, he might grade himself out of uh, out of the Pats reach, depending on how well the Pats do this season. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm I don't think the Pats are going to make the playoffs. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think they may be they may be 500. Maybe at best. Yeah, I see that face. Maybe five hundred. <laughs> wait, this isn't fair. We can't see you. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, but this is this is all being recorded, so it's it's great to 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 have this on record. Uh, it's all right. I already heard Taylor earlier say how she thought the Pats were going to be better than the Bucks. So I just I just want to clip that just that one little <laughs> section and just have that forever. The Pats are the best. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, so let's jump into uh, into speculation time uh, here for a second. So Tom Brady has said he can picture himself playing well into his 40s, naming 45 as a potential stopping point for his career. Going into this season, he'll be 43 in August. The speculative question, of course, is how long does Tom play in Tampa? He plays in Tampa for the rest of his career. Uh, yeah, as long the as they let him. Yeah, the only thing that's going to keep him from doing that is if he gets hurt. And one of the reasons that he is so hell-bent on his mid-40s is for his brand. It's for the TV brand after he's done playing football. He's setting himself up for his his post-NFL career. Hey, you want this Tom Brady workout and nutrition exercise program? Well, it worked for me, and I played in the NFL till I was 45. Some crap like that. Right, exactly. And, I mean, I will say, when you compare his stats in the last couple years to, say, another legend, Brett Favre's last couple seasons, he actually grades better than Brett Favre in a lot of categories, pretty much across the board. Uh, And Brett Favre has sort of been a benchmark of old man playing when he should have retired. Yeah. Uh, So, in in that comparison, uh, it looks like he does have some more left in the tank to play. Yeah. The question though is is how long is this stay in Tampa going to be? I think I think that this this stay in Tampa is going to be where he where he ends up. I just don't see anybody wanting to spend any time or money on him after this. And I so can totally I think what... see there being a desperate team in like one you know one or two seasons if he, if things don't go well in Tampa Bay and there's some you know. Oh, Washington, Dolphins? Dolphins, you know, one of those teams where they just can't seem to get it right, and they're like, we need someone, well, and isn't Tom's his... like, I'll play. This contract is for two years, and he's going to be 43 at the beginning of this season, 
So that'll put him 44 at the beginning of next season. So is he going to saying that he's going to play in the NFL at 45 or? I think that his uh, just based on the the, the contract uh, and and him yeah. being 45 at the beginning of not next season but the season right. after. Uh, I think that he plays that last season. I think he does, and uh, I think that he will, barring injury. Uh, honor his 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 contract and play through the end. I don't see him playing at, uh, like going into the season at forty six. That would be no. That would be ludicrous. It would be crazy. Um, I I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get beat up this year. I think he's gonna have a successful season, but I think he's gonna get beat up because I think he's gonna be running for his life. And you guys have seen him just as much as I do. He runs like a baby giraffe, so he's not going anywhere fast. <laughs> He has uh, been getting faster with age, though. It's, he's, he's sort of like Rich Eisen in that yeah. way. <laughs> he's just getting a little faster. Uh, I still think there's at least one NFL player that I can beat in a foot race, and it is Tom Brady, and I'll take that. <laughs> I can beat the, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history in a foot race, and I will take that. Uh, Taylor, how long does Tom play in Tampa? Does he play the rest of his contract? Does he play the next two years? I mean, I think they'll play as long. I think he'll play as long as he can there, but... I don't know if I see, buy into the idea of him becoming, like, a QB for hire, like, for desperate teams, because he's also a man with some pride, and I don't think that's how he's going to want to go out. You know, he's going to want, like, some pomp and circumstance, like, yeah, I mean, it, I will say I looked up how old Peyton Manning was, and, yeah, was a, he's, Brady's aging better than Peyton Manning, so I'll give him that. You want to talk about a noodle arm. Oh, my goodness. Oof. Duke could barely throw the ball 15 yards down the field without it going 40 yards well, straight up in the air. his neck had been reconstructed like the $6 million man. But, I mean, Jesus, I remember looking at that man's ankles, and I was pretty sure that he would have just teetered over as someone blew at him. <laughs> <and> like... <laughs> All right. Well, let's wind down the clock on this episode with one final question, a final oh, kneel down, victory formation. Uh, if you will. This is a loaded question here. I can't wait to hear the response. Is... Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. Yes. Time isn't over yet. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 where I am too. I mean, time is a time is a is a is a, is a long a long span. And with with everything he has done so far in his career, I believe that Tom Brady is the best, is the greatest quarterback of all time. Questions like that exist to get people into heated debates. Exactly. And only for that <laughs> only for that reason because <laughs> there's no way you can judge just a quarterback. Like, you know, like not only is he yeah, he's a great quarterback. He also had like one of the best tight ends of all time. He also had like one of the greatest like football masterminds of all time leading him. So like how can you like you no know, one created, in sports, no one's accomplishments create. are all on themselves. And that is what makes sports so wonderful, is that they require a whole fucking team. Unless it's tennis. Questions like that exist just yeah. to spur debate that can never be proven. He helped create the Patriot way. Tom Brady helped create the Patriot way. It was well underway when he took over as starting quarterback, but he helped everybody else buy into this, you know, uh, you know. I, I really hate using their you know, simple mantras, but he helped with that do your job mentality. Come in, do your job, and this is what we need to do. This is how we win. And 
that's what he was like for 20 years with the Pats. You know, and that's why I think he was the greatest is because he took these guys and and basically turned them into what they needed, what the Patriots needed. I don't think Gronkowski would have been as successful somewhere else. I think he still would have been successful, that's but he certainly take. he certainly wouldn't have been one of the top tight ends ever anywhere else. You know, what would Julian Edelman have been without Tom Brady? He would have been another guy, another little white receiver that had a good five-year career. Or Wes Welker for that matter. Or Wes Welker. How do you quantify success in the NFL when it is such a team sport? You have to look at how how competitive they are. Tom Brady is one of the most competitive quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, How successful he's been and how many mistakes he's made I think in in at least in those three categories he's he's at probably the top for competitiveness at the top for overall QB winning record uh and then what was the last one I already forgot this isn't good (laughs) but I'm thinking like over over the length of his career you know he's just there have been so many times when you know Two minutes, two minutes left in the game. Pats are down by one or two or three or whatever, and and here we go. Tom Brady's got the ball because the other team made the mistake of giving them the ball again. I look at a game, not last season but the season before, Pats versus Chiefs, and the Chiefs could have easily won that game, but they were such a big play offense that they scored the go-ahead touchdown with three and a half minutes left in the game. And you're giving Tom Brady the ball back with that much time. That's just that's just not fair. You know he gets that. That's his bread and butter. He does that all the time. I think one of the big things is whether or not he Tom Brady would have looked the same in a in a different team. Um, I mean, because I think there's. There are a lot of other really good quarterbacks out there um, that, like, I think Drew Brees is kind of criminally uh, overlooked as being a really great quarterback. And the fact that he is still, he's, you know, he's breaking records, he's doing amazing stuff, and he, it's so quiet and under the radar compared to is, is one of those things that I think, you know, yeah. He, he, I don't know. It, it is hard to say. I mean, it's also difficult because you know I exist in a spot where liking Tom Brady feels criminal, <laughs> um, and uh, he's. I'm sorry, you feel that way. We we <laughs> can have a little Tom Brady gush as a treat. It's, but I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> I think that there. I think that that. Given how football seems to work, I think that in assuming that football continues to be a sport, um, in the next like five or ten years, there could be another quarterback or one who's already out there. Could be Pat Mahomes. It could be you know, who knows? It could be uh, any of the quarterbacks coming out of the draft this year that they could go on to be uh, a more amazing quarterback than. Tom Brady, if they find that like 
what Pat Mahomes found with Andy Reid and all of the other weapons that Kansas City has is you find that place and it fits. Mm-hmm. And he was lucky. Pat Mahomes was lucky because they were already on an upswing and he just had to kind of get them over the hump. Yep. Um, Tom Brady, I know, had to like start from nothing and build that team up and get them to where they were with, you know, with the rest of New England being there. But I think that it is, I do not, I think that Tom Grady is a great quarterback. I do not think that he is the greatest of all time. And I think that there will be a better quarterback, possibly one who's already playing right now. The thing that I do wonder about, and obviously, like, greatest quarterback of all time, we can talk about, like, time being, like, forever moving forward, but but much more so the greatest quarterback of all time yet. But it, it does beg the question of, like, who out there? Is it, like, a Pat Mahomes? Like, who plays that's in the league right now into their 40s? You know, that's such a trip to think about, thinking about these young quarterbacks and say, like, am I going to be mentioning Lamar Jackson's name to, like, my my children and maybe their children? Like, oh, yeah, he played until he was 40. I don't think he will. Uh, I love Lamar Jackson. I don't think that he has the longevity uh, that, that Tom Brady has. But a guy like Patrick Mahomes, maybe. If a Sam Darnold ends up, like, suddenly lighting it up and he sticks around he becomes a drew Brees type player like there are players in the league right now who are going to play for another decade and then some at this position and it's just sort of bizarre to think about it that way but it's true we are seeing the the changing of the guard in terms of generational quarterbacks we've already lost peyton manning um you know breeze has probably only got three seasons left in a max i would say uh brady's got two seasons left i think uh, and then it's going to be the passing of the torch into this now like younger cast of these very talented quarterbacks. I, I think that one of the things that, that I kind of, I'm, I've been looking at some lists of great quarterbacks and a lot of like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, I don't know how, but Ben Roethlisberger somehow made this list. And but how about a guy were, like Cor- Russell Wilson, too? I well, mean, and Russell Wilson is right there above yeah. uh, Ben Roethlisberger on this list that I'm looking at. But a lot of them came from two th- like around 2000, 2005, 2006, stuff like that, when I think the, the method of how those quarterbacks played uh, did a lot to increase their longevity of play. Um, I think that the problem now is with quarterbacks, um, you know, kind of like Russell Wilson, like Lamar Jackson, like uh, uh, Pat Mahomes, who spend more of their time scrambling. Uh, the Russell Wilson has done a much better job of scrambling uh, a little bit less, though he still lights it up. But like, they just, they, it is impossible for them to have that longevity because it catches up with them like Cam Newton, where they just, or uh, Andrew Luck, where they just get the crap beaten out of them. And well, they, Andrew Luck got the absolute the the shortest end of the stick they spent the house on him but they forgot that they needed an offensive line to protect him exactly and they're just the the problem is is that why these quarterbacks can't have those the the lengths that um yeah i think russell wilson is kind of the the big exception right now is someone who's still producing from that class um producing well Well, he's also on the younger end of that group yeah um, he's sort of like the in-between guy. Yeah. In terms of like I, the, these classes. He's like the, mm-hmm. the the go-between. And I think that, you know, it'll definitely... Um, I think that if if it was possible to, to figure out a way to make um, coaches protect their quarterbacks uh, with for, for more than like one season, 
um, we'd see or or not have you know put, not put them in positions where they get the snot beaten out of them. Um, God, I would love would to see Russell Wilson with an O line. Right. I mean, I would love to see Mitch Trubisky with an O line because you know he needs that stuff, and you know it, it's just it it doesn't happen and they get beaten up and then they they play bad and they just don't have the careers like you know Tom Brady was protected for so long. Um, yeah, he had one major injury once. It, exactly, and you know that's like that is so beneficial to getting him there, and why it's so challenging for anyone else to get there. Which is funny because the sport is getting safer. And I think that also there's a cultural shift happening where players don't want to play into their 40s because of you no. know, all of this research that's coming out about the lifelong effects of playing this game for so long that a lot of people are like, well, at the end of the day, like this is a job and like I have the rest of my life to worry about after this. Yep. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of guys like Andrew Luck and Rob Gronkowski play for a few years and then retire. Make your money that's going to last for, you know, a good long while of your life and figure out what you want to do after that. I think a lot of what's happening now, too, is you're getting a lot of young quarterbacks right out of college who had very successful college careers. And, you know, they think that they're going to go into the NFL and it's going to be this easy transition. And then they get the snot beaten out of them, you know, and then they end up playing in the CFL. And then, mm-hmm. they're, terrib- then uh, they're terrible. Then they're terrible. Johnny CFL. Manziel just entered the chat. Um, you know, Johnny Man, <laughs> Johnny Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I look at Baker Mayfield too. You know, right. I mean, I know that his career's still young, but I mean, he's been a pretty big bust so far. Well, and that's, I the, I mean, that's, that's the thing is, like, luck always comes into it, right? Like, and you, that's always sort of the X factor, and that's why you have your guys like Tom Brady, who you pull out in, you know, fucking round five. Or Russell Wilson, who you pull out in round three, like because, like you can have amazing athleticism, but like that's only going to get you so far. Yeah, you. Ha- it, in, I think in the NFL, you have to. There's a different type of mentality that you have because it's not just being a physical talent. You have to have the mental capacity to be able to handle all of the ups and downs of playing in. In, in the profession, in, in the NFL. Right. Like, there's always that X factor. To to return us to the question of whether or not Tom Brady is the GOAT, I think so much of it depends on how you define that. Like, And mm-hmm. I think, yep. you know, if you're using traditional metrics like wins and championships, then yes, obviously. There's no one that, like, can hold a fucking candle to him. But I also think it's interesting to think about, like, you know, alternative timelines, and again, to, like, bring into the team aspect of it, like, what if fucking Aaron Rodgers had been on the Patriots in Tom Brady's place? Like, what would that have looked like? Because, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is amazing. And I'm Mm -hmm. always, like, anytime I see him play, I'm like, he had, like, not only is he great, like, physically and athletically, intellectually, like, the way that he plays the game, like, he has the knowledge, and he has all of these like little tricks up his fucking sleeve that drive me crazy every time the Seahawks play him. Like he's so good, I hate him, but I also can't <laughs> hate him. Like because he's so good and he drives like he's got the brain aspect of it. Like he's so sneaky and it just like makes me mad. He always like will get you know he'll get like some he'll get the Seahawks to do some stupid bonehead penalty. Like he'll call them you know he'll. 
start things when like they're changing personnel and he'll get these like dumb penalties on them like he's got an incredible mind for the game and so i love to think about like you know yeah what if he had been on the patriots like what if bell like what if he had had someone like belichick like holy shit what would that have looked like would he have as many wins and as many championships there's a good chance you know but then again like there's always that like question of like luck and like that sort of like X factor to it that you can't predict. All right, folks. Well, that is all we have for this episode today. I want to extend a huge thank you to the panel of pundits for imbuing this soup with your knowledge and for, of course, stirring the pot. Until next time, check out our other shows on the River Power Podcast Mill Network, shows like Shiny Podcast for all your tech needs and Pulp from Beyond the Veil if you want to get weird with it. And why not, right? Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you soon when there's something tasty to throw in the pot. See ya. Tom Brady fucking sucks. Uh. (laughs) Probably won't start.